Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All right, I'm drinking the Haterade right now. I think that's what most people are saying. But I stand by what I said. I said what I said. And I said it with my chest. I said it with my chest. I wonder what Daniel House, Gophers guru, I wonder what he has to uh, to say about my rant last segment about the uh, the situation with Golden Gopher football. The the Gophers fresh off of their victory in the uh, the Pinstripe Bowl earlier today over Syracuse, twenty eight twenty. Daniel House, give him a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL, founder of Vikings Corner and Gophers Guru. He joins us now here on the Lake Show, courtesy of the uh, the John Schuster Call Banker Hotline. All right, you heard the uh, the end of the the opening hour, Daniel. Tell me where's the lie? Where was I wrong? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to compare different running backs across eras. You know, I think, you know, when you look at what Mo was able to accomplish, like every major statistical record in the books. I mean, Mo played 39 games, DT played 44, pretty even. I mean, Mo has like 851 carries, Daryl has 911, so relatively close in that area. And just what Mo was able to do coming back from the Achilles injury, because, I mean, when you go back and look, Lake, at running backs that have suffered Achilles injuries, I mean, yep. in the NFL over the past few years, I mean, I'll tell you what, even the last decade, not many players have been able to come back from that. So I think that's the element that, that takes Mo over the top is just coming back from that injury like he did and the impact on the program because he was there sort of on the ground floor of what P.J. Fleck was building there. Yeah, but but this is this is the one thing that that and, and people can disagree with me all they want, but this is just who I am, and and, and this I'm always going to be the I'm not going to be a slave to just the numbers. Like I love stats, like everybody else, but to to me it's it's beyond. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, I'll tell you this right now, and I think this is a ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous for people to already claim that Justin Jefferson is better than Randy Moss. I love Justin Jefferson. That was the guy that I targeted. I wanted in the first round for the Vikings back when we drafted him. But hold your horses just a bit. I mean, Randy Moss is still, in my opinion, the greatest mm-hmm. wide receiver I've ever. So you you see what I'm saying? Like, like I get it that we that we that we want to utilize stats to to build up our talking mm-hmm. points. But at the end of the day, like. It's it. There's certain times where you just have to get away from the stats of it all and just say, you know what? I honestly, I think this guy. And and quite frankly, look, I love Mo, but I just think that pound for pound, I think the DT. And I know that it was a you know running back was played a little bit differently years ago, but I just think that pound for pound, he was a better back. Yeah, see, that's something that you can provide because I I wasn't around to see you know Daryl's career. So, I mean, your your perspective is interesting just to hear, you know, what you thought of how he played. I mean, Minnesota's had a lot of great backs. I mean, you go look at Lawrence Maroney, Marion Barber the third. you got Daryl Thompson, now you got Mo. Like, 
David Cobb a few years ago put up some good numbers. Like Minnesota has consistently produced uh, elite running backs. So it's not like it's the first time it's happened. But, you know, I, I think you're right when you look at recency, uh, discussing players saying, okay, you know, this, this player is the greatest of all time. Like th- there is some recency in terms of like, okay, you know, let's look at each era and see the impact that each player had when we look back in, you know, 15, 20 years and, and measure that. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's and, always an interesting debate. Yeah, it is an interesting debate. And, I, and look, look, at this point, I'm having a little bit of fun with it, but but I, but I, but I meant what I said, and I'm not running from that. This is not a bit. My take is my take. But I, I, I just, mm-hmm. I just, it's just weird, like, the, the, the topic of retiring a number. Like, Daryl Thompson – his numbers, his numbers not retired. So all of a sudden now, no one should ever wear twenty four. We're talking about Bronco Nagurski's numbers retired. Bobby Bell. I think this we we need to pump the brakes a little bit. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I mean that's one of the things. Like, what is what is the requirement for a player to get their jersey retired? I mean that's at every level. You always hear that. You know, like. The, the Vikings, there should be a certain player that has their number retired, like Randy Moss, for example. Like Randy Moss doesn't have his jersey retired for the Vikings, and you know you just mentioned that debate as well. So it's like, what is the criteria for that? I mean, we, the Gophers just walked off the field of the the Pinstripe Bowl, so I think you know it's like one of those things. Like let's let's look back at the impact. I mean, there's no doubting what Mo Ibrahim has accomplished. I mean, he, as someone who covered him, like. He, he's one of the most unique personalities that you come across. He's so soft-spoken, but when you're around the team and the players, he just has this ability to get everybody to gravitate toward him. And behind the scenes, that's one of the reasons why Minnesota's program developed consistency is because of the foundation that, that Mo and other you know 60-year seniors have laid. I mean, Tanner Morgan, John Michael Schmitz, Mariano Sorimarin, like there's a lot of players that have stuck around and, and really laid the foundation for what P.J. Fleck has built here. Yep. All right, we're talking to Daniel House. He's joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Daniel, it's been a pleasure to have you all year long here on the show. Uh, wishing you um, a Merry Christmas. I hope you had a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and a Happy New Year. Let's get to your take on today's football game with the Gophers prevailing over Syracuse 28-20. to uh, What did you make of today's matchup? I thought a few key plays sort of defined the game, and special teams is a big factor. I mean, you look at the huge return, 72 yards by Quentin Redding on the fake reverse, and then a couple plays later, you run the tunnel screen to Daniel Jackson and get the score. You know, I've always said this, like five plays sort of define the game. When I look at this one, it's the slot fade TD. Tanner came in the game for Ethan Kelly Manis when he was injured. They dialed up the, the right look there. They got the one-on-one matchup they wanted, and Daniel Jackson made a great play on the ball. You look at the pick six by Coleman Bryson, a true freshman getting run in this game. I know I was at practices, you know, this this spring and fall, and I left there going, Coleman Bryson's going to be a really good player. Like, you could just feel it. And talking to coaches, they're raving about him saying, this dude is, is going to be a future blue-chip player for the program. So to see him come in and get a pick six today and impact the game like he did, uh, that was certainly uh, a big development. Just young players in general, Lake. I mean, this is an opportunity in these games to get a look at what the future holds for some of these guys. Like Darius Green playing in a nickel role with uh, Michael Dixon transferring. I thought he did some good things. Ja Joyner, a pass rusher who certainly wins a lot, impacts the game. But now let's see what he can do when he finishes some rushes and you know learns to do things at the top of the rush. 
uh, consistently good. I mean, he's got all the talent in the world, one of the more talented pass rushers that Minnesota's had in the program under Fleck. So seeing that and then watching Mo break the all-time rushing record, Tanner Morgan, I mean, obviously didn't want to see Aethan go down, but, you know, Tanner having the moment at the end with Mo on the field taking a knee, I think that just kind of sums up the impact that they've had on the program. And Fleck said it after the game, you know, all those guys that were sitting up there, I mean, they've been around. Tanner Morgan's known Coach Fleck for eight years now. I mean, that is just incredible to think that they've been together that long. So uh, those guys have definitely left a mark on the program. Hey, let me ask you this about the wide receiving core, okay? Because we're we're adding guys and people are thinking that that we're going to be a lot more electric in terms of with the wideout situation. But what what did Mm -hmm. you make of the development of this year's crop of wide receivers. The reason why I ask this question is because Dylan Wright is somebody that I expected to be a little bit more consistent and take a next step. Um, I didn't see that. Daniel Jackson, though, on the other hand, has actually developed a lot better here at the end of the year. So so what do you make of the wideout situation moving forward? Well, the consistency all year just, you know, you felt like it was sort of up and down, but I thought the last few games you saw more flashes of consistency, and Daniel Jackson's one of those guys. I mean, you look back at the the route-running skills of this group, if you're comparing each receiver and asking who runs the best routes, who has the best detail in that area, it's Daniel Jackson. And honestly, I think he's gotten even better in that area. You look at that dig route he ran, what he did at the top of the route today, flattening it out versus zone coverage and making the play. And then, in, you know, the red zone with the slot fade, being able to make a play on the ball and then getting it, you know, as a tunnel screen, attacking the aggressive defense, and he's able to make a play after the catch. And, you know, I said it for a while, you know, his his slot usage might go up next year because Minnesota did, is going to be bringing in transfer Corey Crooms from Western Michigan, Elijah Spencer from Charlotte. So those guys can play inside and out, give you some versatility, but it also allows you to move Daniel Jackson around and maybe play him in the slot more where I think he could really shine next season when he doesn't have as much coverage attention on him. But as a whole, that group, the consistency has got to be better. And I think that's why they went in the transfer portal. They said, let's get some competition in here. Let's push these players to consistently get better. And what you saw from Daniel Jackson is just the tip of the iceberg. I think he's got a lot of potential left to show. All right, so tell me about the running back position going into next season with uh, with Mo graduating and hopefully playing in the National Football League. We'll see how all of that shakes out. But uh, what is the state of the uh, the running back situation? Yeah, keep an eye on Zach Evans, a running back from Texas. He got into one of the games, scored a touchdown. I, I really liked his film a lot watching him down in Texas and just seeing him in spring ball. He made a big impact uh, at the practices that I was at. Very good acceleration and contact balance uh, is someone that the staff is very excited about that's been developing behind the scenes. That's the thing, you know, like today you saw Coleman Bryson. Some of those players are, are getting reps in practice and showing what they can do. They're just not, you know, they're stuck behind some other guys on the depth chart. So Zach Evans, running back from Texas, he played, you know, 6A football in the state of Texas. This guy has been challenged, playing some of the best competition at the high school level, and I think that helped him transition a lot quicker and now it's all about understanding the system and you know the vision and the reads associated with that and then also keep an eye on Darius Taylor running back coming in he's a true freshman he's from Michigan one of the highest rated players in the recruiting class they were able to fend off the big programs Iowa and Wisconsin coming in late for Darius Taylor they're very excited about him and 
think he provides a lot of upside as a, as a player that could come in right away and make a big impact. Your prediction this Saturday. I know this is not Gopher-related, but uh, college football playoffs, who do you like? Well, I, I think Georgia wins over Ohio State and then Michigan over TCU, and I'm, I'm taking Georgia all the way. I know that, like everybody's saying that, but and you just watch that team, how they play defensively, their defensive scheme, their team speed. Like, I just don't see anybody being able to touch Georgia. But I do think Michigan's running game and how creative they are with their rushing schemes and their defense overall, too, as well, their pass rush. Like, they're the team that could give Georgia the biggest run. So national championship of Georgia and Michigan will be pretty fun to watch. I'm calling it right now. Georgia wins without question. They're, they're going to win the national championship, and I, and I am. I like the Bulldogs. You know, I've been a fan for for a while, and it's the the whole Georgia ties with me from going to college at Morehouse. But I got TCU beating Michigan, and I got TCU. I'm going to bet TCU on the money line. Forget the points. I, I got TCU winning outright. Yeah, I mean TCU's team speed is impressive. You know, they built that whole team around speed, and that's something that I like as someone who studies football. Like that's how you win. But I'm a little bit concerned about how they, you know, on the defensive line against Michigan's offensive line. I mean, they're talking about it this week already. Some of the players on Michigan, they're like this three-three-five defense. Like if you're going to stay in those looks and not be able to be physical up front, we're just going to try to run the football. So I, I think the physicality will be the big difference, but. You got physicality versus speed here. How does that match up? And maybe yep. it's a little bit more intriguing game than, than we think. Yep. Hey, uh, always appreciate chatting and talking college football with you, Daniel. Hey, man, have a good rest of uh, your year and uh, be well, my friend. Appreciate it. Happy holidays, Lake. All right, take care. Happy holidays. That's Daniel House joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter. I love Daniel. Uh, and people are people are getting excited about my about my rant, but uh, give a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL founder of Vikings Corner and Gophers Guru. We'll take a break. We'll do a scoreboard. That's next year on the Lake Show. All right. Thanks to Daniel House for being on the show. Oh. <laughs> and if you missed my segment where I was talking about Mo Ibrahim and. Uh, the history of running backs at the University of Minnesota. We'll 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 put that up here. We'll tweet it out here in just a little bit. But uh, already retweeted. All right. All right. Yeah. Let, let's get into a, a scoreboard here on this uh, this Thursday night. Last scoreboard in the year that is twenty twenty two. Yeah. And uh, apparently, there's some football bowl games going on. Yes. I guess that's kind of that's what I'm hearing from speculation. Uh, there was the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. I'm not sure if you've heard about this game, H. But apparently the Syracuse Orange took on a team from the Upper Midwest with an M on their helmet. And the best running back in the history of the program played today. Fake news. <laughs> we, we had a, we had a gopher. gopher uh, it was a gopher mascot on the helmet. See? I didn't even watch the game. <laughs> yeah. They all, they normally have an M on their helmet. I know, let me say. I'm just messing with you. Gophers over Syracuse, twenty eight to twenty. All kidding aside, at the end of the year, you want to win the last game. Absolutely, that you have. congratulations so, to the Gophers. Yeah, so twenty eight to twenty, you finish the season at nine and four. Still disappointing, but nonetheless, you take a win in a bowl game, and you did it in Yankee Stadium, 
which, I mean, there's more history at Yankee Stadium when it comes to football than I think what we realize. It's just crazy to think that it's called the Pinstripe Bowl. And Mo is the greatest running back in the history of Yankee Stadium. Oh, I don't know. They did have the Brooklyn Giants back there that played. <laughs> He's the greatest running back ever. Let's get to the uh, the Cheez-It Bowl, the ever-so-popular Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma looking to avoid being under 500, I think for the first time since 1998. Really? Is what I heard. Yes. Okay. And uh, they are tied with Florida State, the 13th-ranked Seminoles. That is 25 Who was the 25. coach in 98? Because Switzer had moved on already. Right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because I think – wasn't he in Dallas at that time? I th- that's what I'm saying. I think okay. he might have been in Dallas. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I have to look I don't know who, who, their, uh, who their coach was. Uh, and then you've got in the Vetro, uh, Valero Alamo Bowl coming up later tonight, 20th-ranked Texas is taking on 12th-ranked Washington. And uh, that's what we've got coming up there. Let's yeah, get the, to- yeah, the head coach at that time was John Blake. That was not a good run for Oklahoma football. Jeff Blake, didn't he? Oh, no, John was, Blake. Oh, that was the quarterback of the Bengals. John Blake. Okay, and guess who was the defensive coordinator in their first season Mike at Zimmer. Oklahoma? Rex Ryan. Really? Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Wow. That's uh, pretty. That's the way back machine. I was going to say, was he still in defeat back then? <laughs> uh, never mind. Hey, let's go to some uh, some NHL here, Lake. The uh, Dallas Stars are up on the Minnesota Wild early in the first period at the X, one to nothing. The Dallas Stars over the Minnesota Wild. Uh, eight minutes left to go in the second period. The Sabres shutting out the Red Wings four to nothing. The Panthers doubling up Montreal four to two halfway through the second period. There, the Rangers shutting out the Lightning. Uh, eight minutes left to go in the second period. There, one to nothing. Capitals doubling up Washington, the Ottawa Senators, not the Washington Senators. The uh, Capitals over the Senators, two to one in the second period. Columbus and the Islanders are scoreless at the end of the first intermission. Uh, the Blues and the Blackhawks tied at one in the Lou. Eight minutes left to go in the first. Vancouver, the Canucks shutting out Winnipeg up in Winnipeg, uh, one to nothing. Thirteen minutes left to go in the, the uh, first period. There. Toronto and Arizona, the LA Kings and Colorado and the Philadelphia Flyers and the San Jose Sharks coming up a little bit later on. Uh, let's go to the NBA here, H. The Minnesota Timberwolves have the night off. Ooh, tough physical game last night against New Orleans. Like Zion Williamson, a career high 43. Oh. Zion, that was the Zion that I He's think playing everybody... football and we're playing basketball. Yeah, I think I heard that. <laughs> All right, D-Lo. I think I heard that somewhere, <laughs> yes. We can't touch him. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a freak. He's he's incredible. But uh, it's it's nice to see Zion healthy because I was always kind of wondering what kind of player he'd be. The league is up. better when Zion's on top of his game. Abs- yeah, and ab- he's healthy. Absolutely, yes. 100%. Uh, the Thunder up on the Hornet, 66-64. Uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander, 18 points in that game to lead all scorers. That's 10 minutes left to go in the third quarter. The Cavaliers up on the Pacers, 82-76. Uh, Buddy Heald, 19 for the Pacers. Donovan Mitchell leads Cleveland with 18. The Celtics up on the Clippers, 50-37. to Three minutes left to go in the first half there. Kawhi, 11 points. Uh, Jason Tatum, 16 for the Celtics. The Grizzlies right now up big on the Raptors. Two and a half minutes left to go in the first half. A 53 to 36. 
Uh, Pascal Siakam, nine points for Toronto. The Knicks up on the Spurs by three, 27-24. Three minutes left to go in the first quarter there. Mm. And the Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks uh, coming up in uh, about 20 seconds mark. So that's what we've got. And said 20 seconds mark. 20 seconds. That game should tip off in 10 seconds mark. And then the uh, NFL, if anybody's paying attention to the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans, Tennessee's playing nobody. They're not even playing Malik Willis in tonight's game. Uh, right now, that game is scoreless with uh, just five minutes gone in the first quarter. Isn't it Joshua Dobbs? Oh, Joshua Dobbs and wow. um, Hassan Haskins and Traylon Burks. That tells you everything, man. I mean, Joshua Dobbs. Yikes. I won't get too into it because we've got to around the NFL coming up, but it, um, oof, it's, it's not good. Of course, the game doesn't mean anything to Tennessee. Like, that's why they're sitting everybody. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's out for the season, but, you know, they've got a game coming up next week against Jacksonville, so they're, they're sitting everybody tonight. And uh, that's it. That's it? I think that's... Oh, wait, I do have one college basketball game if you're interested. Uh, Uh, Of course, duh. I mean, I love college basketball. I mean, number one, Purdue, no problem with Florida A&M, 82-49. Boilermakers up over uh, Florida A&M. Gotcha. All right, that's going to wrap up the scoreboard. But coming up next, I told you there's going to be plenty of of, uh, conversation involving football tonight. And that continues with Around the NFL. That's next on The Late Show. I need some new shoes. All right, welcome back to the Lake Show. Henry Lake, Christopher Tubbs. Final show this week for us. And I say us because tomorrow, Tubbsy is going to uh, take it up to Wolves pregame. And then I assume after that, what, Timberwolves tonight? Yes. Okay. Yep, I'll take it till 6.30, and then we'll uh, recap the Timberwolves' attempt to break their four-game losing streak, taking on uh, uh, some guy named Giannis. Apparently, yeah. he's, he's okay. At this time tomorrow, I'll be watching Wolves basketball and drinking cocktails. There you go. Getting hammered well, before I, New Year's. I, well, I, I appreciate Well, hey, that's what you're going to do to support the team. What well, that? i got to take one for the team. I Man, you— The team needs a slump buster. Hey, everybody needs a slump buster every now and then. I mean, that was my nickname. It's time for Around the NFL. If you look around and don't see the slump buster, guess what? You are the slump buster. <laughs> it's my nickname in college. No, it wasn't. Okay, so we are at the point where... Everybody's, you know, sitting players and jockeying for position in the postseason. Here's my question. Okay. The Philadelphia Eagles right now are a game ahead of the Vikings. They've got the tiebreaker. Yep. And I know we'd like to see everything come through U.S. Bank Stadium. But is there any chance that the Vikings catch Philly for the number one seed? Oof. Is there a chance? I mean, I guess there's... Always technically a chance. I mean, Jalen Hurts practice today yeah. and, and Philadelphia next two weeks. They're both home games. They've got New Orleans, fringe of the playoffs, and the Giants 
still something to play for. So, yes. I mean, it's not going to be easy, but it's yeah, certainly – New Orleans is New Orleans is doing nothing with the Eagles. New Orleans is doing nothing with the Eagles. Okay. The Giants, still something to play for. That could be a tougher test. Is there a chance? Yes. So to answer your question, yes, mm-hmm. is there a chance? Do I see it happening? No. Okay. I don't. All right. So let's get to the game tonight because – you draft a rookie quarterback, and you want to put him in a position to get some reps. But are the Titans doing the right thing by sitting Malik Willis versus Dallas tonight? No. Like, what's the point? You draft. Like, what is the What rounder. is the point of taking Malik Willis if you don't want it? Like, part of his this is part of his mm-hmm. development. You don't want to play him against a tough Dallas team. Like, isn't that the point? Th- that is. That should be the point. The point should be that eventually, at some point after he matures and grows mm-hmm. and gets better, that he'll be ready for prime time. I, I don't get this one, man. So they, they've kind of thrown me off with, with this whole entire situation here. Yeah. Joshua Dobbs, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I understand wanting to sit Derrick Henry because you've got the game against Jacksonville next week. And again, this game means nothing in terms of seeding, playoffs, anything for Tennessee. But at worst, you're getting a, a look at a vicious defense in Dallas for your rookie quarterback. Are you afraid you're going to get him hard? Are you going to ruin his confidence? I have no idea. So here's my question to go along with that. Cowboys are 12.5-point favorites. Mm-hmm. Seems like an absurd number. But there's no way they don't cover, right? I mean, Dallas has got to cover. They're up 7 nothing right now. Okay. Like, we're not even talking about Malik Willis. We're talking about Joshua Dobbs. Yeah. So do I think they cover? Yes, they should. It's always tough, though, when you're talking about double-digit Point spreads in football? Yeah, it's almost like you always take the, the Gophers today were favored by ten and a half. They won by eight, so they didn't cover. So but do I think they covered? Yes. This whole Joshua Dobbs thing, it kind of reminds me of like when the Giants had Geno Smith years ago. And they're trying to go through, you know, the post Eli Manning thing. You play Geno, what's the upside with Geno? I I don't know what the upside with Joshua Dobbs is, but it just it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so are you buying into the kind of stay with the Cowboys here? Are you buying into the T.O. was ever interested in going back to the Cowboys? <laughs> I am not buying into this. I think that this is just T.O. trying to... Drum up some interest for T.O.? Yes! That, I think that's what this all is. Seriously, I don't, I don't think that there's anything to it. I think it's T.O. wants some attention. Mm-hmm. Right? Doesn't have that feel? No, he doesn't strike me as attention-seeking. Really? T.O., no. Okay. No, T.O. never never, never been that kind of, you know, look-at-me guy. Always been a team player. It just seems like T.O. <laughs> I, I know you're having fun with this. I, I love it, too. Now, T.O., I'm not going to sit here and disrespect the man and say that he's not in tip-top physical condition. Oh, dude's like, incredible. No, I mean, I mean, I think that T.O., from a physical standpoint, mm-hmm. might be physically one of the most gifted human beings on planet Earth. Yes. Like. He's shredded still. And I remember seeing T.O. in the flesh at a bar one night in Atlanta many years ago. And you know who he was with? Garrison Hurst. Oh. And I was like, these dudes are rocked up. Garrison said, Hurst if, was a beast. If there's a fight that breaks out right right here, yeah. I'm good. I got these cats right next to me. Oh, you know, man. and I wasn't with them, but I was going to act like I was yeah. with them. People forget about oh man, how good Garrison Hurst was. Yeah, you know, Jets 49ers, man, he absolutely was rolling. Okay, 
So, and by the way, T.O., probably the only guy that's got worse knees than Odell Beckham. I don't know what the fascination is. Are the Raiders doing the right thing by benching Derek Carr? No. Because I mean, he, now he's left the team because he doesn't want to be a distraction. No, they but, didn't do the right thing. But Jared Stidham? This, this is ultimately a slap in the face to Devontae Adams. It is. Yeah. If I'm Devontae Adams, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why did I sign here? Yeah, ex- exactly. Why did I sign here? I'm not in Vegas mm-hmm. if not for my guy. Derek Carr played together at Fresno State. I don't yeah, I don't understand what's going on. But this is the thing. The the Raiders are totally screwed. Josh McDaniel should be gone. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy. But he's going to be back next year. They pay or well, I know Gruden's gonna sue for the money. <laughs> but Gruden Gruden um screwed them over, and so now they're trying to make the most of it. Wait, oh my goodness. You see this goal by Kaprizov? Yes. That was sick. He's okay. He's he's good at the hockey thing. The uh the ice football. Yeah, he's he's pretty good at that. Man, the, you think about two Josh McDaniels failed twice. Matt Patricia failed. Uh, uh Romeo Crennel failed. Like all of these Bill Belichick disciples like, nobody's done anything from that Belichick coaching tree. All right, finally, since everybody loves the Packers, and they're going to make the playoffs, and, I mean, they're going to go on this magical run, according to what I'm seeing. But here's my question. Who makes the playoffs? One of these two teams is going to. Is it the Lions or the Packers? They're both 7-8. and eight. Lions have the Bears, and then they've got the showdown in Lambeau, but then you've got the Packers who have the Vikings, and then they host the Lions. So out of the two of them. I think right now the Packers are the better team between them and the Lions. We sit here and we prop up the Lions. Who did the Lions lose to last week? Carolina. They gave up like... I can't take the Lions serious. I can't. But they beat us? I can't take them serious. They got up to beat us. Man, you're giving me the same look as you did when you were talking about Mo. <laughs> I'm like, I just saw my life flash in front of my eyes. I'm like, man, all of a sudden it got real. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go ahead and give it to the Packers, though. Seriously, okay. in all seriousness, yeah. Because I think that they're leaning on their running game and mm-hmm. they're playing better football right now. Okay. All right. I'd rather see the Lions make the playoffs. Oh yes, yeah. it's. it's a, I think it's a better story. I mean, right now, let's just. And I want to see Aaron Rodgers cry. Let's. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's if you tell him he's got to get a vaccine shot. Oh, wow. Nah, then you'll be chasing him. Yeah, then you'll be uh, you'll be chasing Aaron Rodgers like he's trying to avoid a sack. Oh, man. All right, that's going to wrap up around the NFL. We've got headlines. That's next on the Lake Show. All right, with no further ado, let's dive right into headlines. It's been a while. Haven't had a headline all week long because I haven't really been here and done any shows. Mm. But let's get into the final headlines edition for the year 2022. Man, you were jonesing for some headlines. I was jonesing, bro. Let me scratch that itch for you, H. Lake. The Minnesota Attorney General's office has charged a former Minneapolis police officer with third-degree assault in the beating of a man during the 2020 George Floyd riots. The complaint alleges former officer Justin Stetson repeatedly hit Jaleel Stallings after he had already surrendered and was lying prone on the ground and not resisting. 
Now, Stallings suffered a fracture of the facial bone that, su- uh, that surrounds and protects the eye. An expert use of force review of the case determined Stetson's use of force was, quote, unreasonable, excessive, and contrary to generally accepted police practice. Now, Stetson no longer has an active peace officer's license in Minnesota. City didn't reveal the reason for his departure from the department. And the assault of Stallings occurred after he had returned fired officers who shot projectiles at him without warning from an unmarked van. That's according to the criminal complaint and police body camera footage. After seeing the van was full of police, Stallings surrendered, but Stetson repeatedly struck him. This according to Attorney General Keith Ellison's office. Yeah, I um, this was a very unfortunate situation. And clearly, once the gentleman surrendered and he saw that it was police that was firing him, the policeman should have reined it in. Yeah. Okay, so totally his, you know, he's in the wrong here. One of the things that's disappointing to me, and it's it's frustrating, and but I'm not shocked, is that the incidence of police brutality, it's back again. It's almost like we didn't learn anything from George Floyd. Mm-hmm. We're seeing every single day body cam footage and footage all over the Internet of police brutality. And it's very, very unfortunate. We haven't learned anything. Like, we've totally – George Floyd happened. Breonna Taylor happened. We haven't learned our lesson. There was a lot of lip service with the movement, and now it's just kind of backslidden. To, yeah, nothing, nothing's changed. Hey, by Tuesday evening, parts of Buffalo, New York, had turned into a winter wonderland, according to Tim Wagner of WBEN, which is an Odyssey station up there. Just days for that before that, motorists – that were left stranded by severe storms that had already left a record 100 inches of snow in the region, found a different type of haven at a Target. There was a woman and her boyfriend that got caught in a whiteout condition in the Buffalo area Friday. They were greeted by Target workers uh, in just a suburban uh, Buffalo. They handed the couple hot cups of cocoa, and before they arrived, apparently they'd struggled against wind cuts in their car for an hour They tried a grocery store but were turned away, and basically during this impromptu blizzard sleepover, the employees provided snacks, water, clothing, hygiene items, phone chargers, coloring books, markers, and they even opened up a TV so they could watch the Buffalo Bills football game at this Target. Kudos to them. Yeah, this is the best of us, man. When we see people come together in moments of crisis and times like this, Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that we can come together like this. I love it. Yeah. Hey, sad story, but uh, hopefully a good story. Jeremiah Green, the drummer for the band Modest Mouse, is currently being treated for cancer. The band's frontman, Isaac Brock, asked people for support on Modest Mouse official Instagram on Wednesday, writing, quote, some of you may have already heard, but I figured this would be a good time to hear the news directly from our camp. Uh, Jeremiah was diagnosed with cancer a short time ago. He's currently in treatment. Seems to be going smoothly. And uh, while undergoing treatment... He stopped touring with the band, which recently wrapped up their Lonesome uh, Crowded West tour. They're scheduled to continue performances in Mexico City in March. Of course, uh, one of the things that they're known for is uh, their song Float On, which great song. Yeah. I don't know anything about Modest Mouse other than Float On, but I love that song. I, I got to tell you, man, it, it, there's so many different things in the world that I would like cures to. Mm-hmm. But I think at the top of the list right now is cancer. If we yep. can eventually someday come up with a cure for cancer, I think that we all will um, feel really good about the world. Yeah. And here's a, a last one here. I'll try and squeeze this in. A popular misconception has emerged about Elon Musk and Tesla that the love affair with Twitter is the main reason that Tesla shares have lost so much value. 
But Tesla Steve shock sell-off uh, proved that the problems go beyond Twitter. Um, apparently, they are offering up a double rebate, and they've been uh, selling stock, which has uh, not been it's not been good. He's selling Tesla stock to try and uh, try I, and float Twitter. I think that I think that Twitter has drawn attention to Elon Musk in a negative way. And actually, I think that and you're right. I, I think it's it's bigger than just the Twitter stuff. But I think that he the way that he's worked around the Twitter stuff has turned a lot of people off. Matthew Kyle, Purple Insider, next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 